A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We're getting a health care update from Tammy Simon. She's the vice president of the Institute for Quality innovation, and patient safety at Marshfield Clinic Health System. Tammy, the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic continues to make headlines and health news. Why don't you paint the picture for us of what the virus and disease look like in rural Wisconsin? Sure. So we are seeing our, our numbers trail down significantly as they are throughout the nation. Um, I, you know, rural Wisconsin hit got hit a little later than others, I would say. Um, but currently we have about 74 patients within our hospital or nine hospitals that either have COVID or are um, suspected to have COVID. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we were well over 100. Um, so that's good. Um, we continue to see pediatric patients, which, as you know, in those very early surges, we did not see that um, happening. Um, so we remain equally concerned. Um, you know, looks like there's some hope for vaccinations for under five, but not here yet. Um, so we just have to make sure that we're protecting um, these kids as well. Do you expect that you will continue seeing a downward trend in cases? We are anticipating that we will continue to see that this drop. Our first indicator for our health system is our 24-hour nurse line. And um, just to give you an idea, at, at times when the surge was very high, there could be um, a couple hundred calls um, that we would be behind. And um, now that is definitely not the case. Um, we are seeing that we can almost answer calls real time um, so we can make sure that we um, get our patients in, um, whether it be for COVID testing or if they have other signs and symptoms. What is the current messaging right now from rural healthcare providers on the best way to, you know, live life while eradicating the pandemic? Sure. Well, number one, we want people to get vaccinated. Number two, um, definitely wear your mask when you're in um, public or in large group situations. Social distancing is still, require, you know, recommended. Um, that has not changed. And then just good hand washing and those basic hygiene things that we would recommend even during our cold and flu season, which is also currently happening um, so, again, we just want people to continue to be diligent about these things to avoid um, having a higher transmission rate of COVID. Another reason I wanted to talk with you today, Tammy, was to really get a sense of how the rural healthcare workforce is doing. What does workforce look like right now? Is it strained in rural Wisconsin? It's strained, but I, again, I think we are throughout the nation. The tough part we will have going forward is, um, you know, not a the younger generations don't want to move to rural communities. So how do we um, recruit, if you will? So some of the things that we've been looking at are working with local high schools to help them understand what the healthcare um, workforce has to offer. Um, local universities, how can we um, work with them to get more students um, getting um, observation times, whether it be for nursing, um, physicians, advanced practitioners to just see what that environment is like in order to intrigue them and bring them into the healthcare workforce. Yeah, so it sounds like the industry is encouraging young people to pursue a career in medicine, whether that be nursing or something else. Is there a particular type of service or provider that rural Wisconsin really is missing? Honestly, it's 
we're in a deficit across the board, and we really need to um, be thoughtful going into the future. How do we utilize our licensed staff? That includes our RNs, our MDs, and our nurse practitioners or physician's assistants. And then what are some of those roles that, you know, you maybe don't need as much training? Some of the things that we've done during the pandemic, um, you may or may not know some of these patients have confusion and you need a a patient observer. A person like that does not require um, as much training as uh, even a CNA. So how can we look at optimizing our workforce with the right training and skill sets to make sure that we meet the needs of our patients and then also optimize um, our licensed staff and decrease their workloads, um, actually. We just talked about building the pipeline of the workforce and now learning how to work with what you have. But let's talk about why we're having these shortages in the first place. I've read record retirements happening during COVID and burnout. I mean, are those some of those key reasons why we're seeing people exit the industry? Absolutely. Um, as you can imagine, it's very stressful being a leader, being frontline staff um, or provider, um, taking care of these patients, wearing all the PPE, you know, the masks, the, the goggles and those types of things um, in every room can be really hard. And it's um, right now, you, they have to work more than one shift many times um, versus just coming in for their eight hours, which causes, you know, increased fatigue and burnout and Um, So we are really working hard um, to give our staff a break, um, have the behavioral health services and social support available for them, and that's something um, that we will maintain going forward. It's super important. Um, But then how do we uh, optimize our staff across the healthcare system, meaning even those in the ambulatory environment, you know, that's something we did early on is train the nurses or the MAs in that ambulatory environment to come over to help at the hospitals. And that is something we will most likely maintain going forward because, as you know, you just don't know, um, will we have another pandemic or will something else occur that we would need to um, add staff to the acute care setting. Another strategy that we've seen healthcare systems use to both put ease on the provider and the patient is telehealth. And I was wondering if you could tell me about, you know, the rise of telehealth during the pandemic and if that interest is continuing. Yes. So telehealth at home remains very popular. And, you know, if you think about rural Wisconsin and the aging population, especially during the winter, um, they don't want to go out and about. And if there's a way that we can take care of our patients at home, we absolutely will do that. And um, they prefer that. If, you know, we also have band, um, broadband problems. So, bringing um, patients to the local clinic to do that telehealth visit. At least they don't have to travel as far. That's something we've done. Um, we have the 24-hour nurse line, so if it's, uh, there are questions that can be answered by the nurse and then a recommendation provided um, to the patient, we do that as well. Again, if they can stay at home, we provide um, home care, but if they need to be coming in, then we um, try to get them connected to the local clinic Um, closest to their home. Do you have any statistics or even ballpark measures of telehealth before the pandemic and telehealth usage today? I can tell you just anecdotally, it exploded. Um, And quite frankly, at the time when the pandemic first hit, we didn't know or we didn't have the, the PPE that we needed to protect our staff and to protect our patients. So keeping them outside of the facilities at the beginning was the best um, for everybody. 
So um, we've seen a significant increase and continued increase in our telehealth visits. And the other uh, piece that we have started to do, because as you, we've talked about earlier, you know, our provider workforce um, still um, is not as high as we'd like it to be. So how can we optimize uh, provider A at um, one hospital that maybe is seeing a patient from another hospital in our system, our hospitalists do this currently, to make sure that, again, we can meet the needs of our patients in their local communities at that hospital and yet the provider might not be on site uh, at the facility. Looking ahead into um, this new year, 2022, you know, obviously COVID-19 is top of mind, but what else should patients be aware right now in terms of their health care? When is flu season, for example? What about, you know, your basic preventative care? Uh, What's your message about patient health aside from COVID-19? Absolutely. We want them to come in. Please get your flu shots. You know, we've seen a significant um, decrease in uh, patients getting their flu shot. That's still real. It happens every year, and we know that patients die of that every year. The other thing that you mentioned is the screening, Um, colon colon cancer screening, um, breast cancer screening. Those are all important things that we do for our patients that we need them to be coming in you know, throughout the pandemic, uh, we've seen a decrease in diagnosis in those cancer rates. It's not because it's happening less, but people are coming in less, and then it goes undiagnosed. And we're extremely worried about that going forward. Anything else you'd like to add, Tammy, for our listeners? Make sure you live a healthy lifestyle, eating, um, taking care of your mental health. You know, social networks are so important during these times, and we've seen the depression rate um, going up significantly. We're very concerned about that, so support each other. And then just please don't miss those regular um, health visits and screenings. Call your doctor um, and get those appointments so that uh, we can take good care of you. Again, Tammy Simon along with us. She's the vice president of the Institute for Quality, Innovation, and Patient Safety at Marshfield Clinic Health System. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.